You're listening to the RUV English podcast. To hear more and for all the news from Iceland in English, just head to ruv.is slash English. Hello, this is Ruv English and I'm Darren Adam. Thanks very much for your company. I'm back in one of my favourite places in Iceland, in West Iceland, in the town of Borganes. And I'm back with a friend of the service who's been a guest on the show once already. That's the artist Michelle Bird. And another artist who's joining us uh, from Flattery through the magic of Zoom, and that's Helen Kova. Uh, welcome to you both. We should say that we're actually sitting in bar... Uh, no, we're sitting in the Bara Bistro in Borganes, which is a lovely pub in the centre of the town. And you're on Zoom, Helen. Michelle, you're here in person. We're in the Bara Bar and... Michelle, we've been left to ourselves here. I know, lucky us. We've got the keys to the bar and all, everything is possible yes. now. But Helen, I can see in, in Flatteria there, you've got a mug at least, so you've got some coffee or some water or something. Yes, yes, yes. I'm so joining yeah. in virtually. The reason I wanted to speak to you both is that you're both artists and your work is literally out of this world. Ooh. It's going to the moon together with the work of 30,000 other artists. One of the really fascinating things about this is that you don't know if there are other Icelanders currently who are having their work sent to the moon. Helen, do you want to talk us through how you got involved with this project and, and which of your artworks or what of your artwork is being sent to the moon and how? Yes, so um, a little bit of my background is that I, I am the current president of Ospresan, which is a non-profit organization and writers collective. Uh, so we have like a community of writers and then somebody of the community posted um, just a link for this and uh, the person in charge of, uh, of the literary part of the project was looking for, um, for uh, Icelandic writers. So basically, we all present as a platform. We, uh, you know, we were approached with this link that we, you know, shared uh, for people to submit uh, some poetry. So the project that I am on is the Polaris Trilogy. Which is, I don't know if you, you probably cannot see it, but it's, a, it's an anthology here, or a, a poetry anthology. So basically, what they have or what they intended to do was to have a writer from every country in the world submit a piece. Um, so they were just opening submissions and looking for Icelandic writers, and uh, and I just submitted one piece of poetry of mine, and it just got selected. So your art is poetry, your art is written. This is the Lunar Codex yes. we're talking about. It's going to archive the work of 30,000 artists on the moon. Michelle, we've spoken before, of course. Yes. Um, I, I, I suppose <laughs> it's the, not fir the first time. It's not the first time. Your work's a little bit bigger in scale, right, right. <laughs> I think. I am painting on linen, but they're huge. Yeah. And uh, the piece that's been selected is not the actual piece. It's an image of the piece. Yes, so yes. what they're doing is they're actually, they, for visual artists, they are uh, taking the image and trans transferring it to microfiche. And so I've got this large piece that I created together with a friend of mine. It's a collaborative work. And my friend Mike Albro and I, we've been creating pieces together since uh, 2008. And uh, we do these kind of uh, folklore or mythical paintings. Yeah. And uh, yeah, we were, we were completely surprised. So we, we received an email. So we received an email from uh, Samuel Peralta and it was basically, well, 
I've got this project and I'm selecting <laughs> artists and uh, yes, we'd like to uh, uh, add your piece to our collection on the moon. On the moon. And I was thinking, <laughs> what? <laughs> because, you know, you get a lot of messages and, yeah. and yeah. sometimes, sometimes they're really bona fide and other times they're just totally out there. And it was like, well, this one, it was definitely exciting. It seemed solid. I researched it. I contacted Samuel. We had a conversation. And uh, yeah, it, 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 I, was, I, was, I was basically it's floored. I was, I was super yeah. excited. I couldn't believe that this was uh, actually uh, a thing, going that this happening. was going to be happening. It's a time capsule which is going to contain all of the, art, the, the work of all of these artists. Do you know, Helen, if it's intended to be read by somebody, or in, in your case, read, or in Michelle's case, viewed at some point on the moon? Have you been told what the, the purpose of this is? What, what I, as I understand it, it's just a time capsule, right? So it's just going to be there. Um, but I don't know if I don't know Michelle, if you if you have any more information about if it's meant to be open at a certain time or if it's just uh, yeah. I, I don't know either, Helen. I have no idea. It's a mystery what will happen and how long it will be up there. But I guess it will be up there for as long as the lunar lander is there because yes. it is actually like bolted to this lunar lander, this tiny little box with all of these, uh, I think, the DHL moon boxes. How, how big is it actually? It's, it's only a few centimeters. It doesn't need to be very big because it's obviously compressing the art artworks down. But I think back to when. Then there was a gold disc, a record essentially, that was sent yeah. into space some decades ago. And that was obviously intended at the time to be a disc that alien civilizations might be able to intercept and interpret. This doesn't feel like the same thing unless we're expecting aliens to find it on the moon, are we? Well, I'm, no, I'm I... imagining future civilizations because we have so many... Um, the possibility of being on the moon <laughs> very soon. Yeah, I think so... it is. I think it's actually meant for the future. Uh, so for future civilizations or for future generations, you know, uh, to kind of have like this statement of of this is how art looked at this precise moment of human history. Um, so I don't think it's intended for aliens, although you know who knows, <laughs> but uh, but rather for like future. Yeah. And your poem then, your poetry, Helen. So I wrote it for this. You wrote it for this. Okay. Yes. Um, so the thing is, if I was submitting as an Icelandic writer, um, of course, I wanted to write something in Icelandic. Uh, and up until that point, I hadn't really dared to, to write in Icelandic. Uh, but this was actually the first... You know, I was just like, okay, I'm gonna, I'm gonna give it a shot, and I'm gonna, and I'm gonna just write this poem in Icelandic, and it's basically a poem that speaks about the the tallest mountain here in the West Fjord, which is Kalpakur. So, so I just went and 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 wrote it, and it was actually the first thing that I fully wrote in Icelandic, uh, and then from from that moment on, I just decided to continue writing in Icelandic, and this is what I am doing now. Um, but yeah, just I just I just didn't have to choose it. I just wrote a new piece for it. What a wonderful prompt! Can we hear your poem? Yes, I, I would Let love me. to hear it. I would love to hear it too. <laughs> Give me one second to find okay. it. In... <laughs> As you find it, Michelle, we have to imagine 
what this would sound like being read on the moon at some point in the future. Absolutely. And so I guess the best way to imagine that is to sort of close our eyes and imagine what kind of technology they have at that moment, because they might, it might be such an outdated uh, technology, yes. <laughs> microfiche, <laughs> that it might be like a, yeah, a, Eight track, <laughs> yeah, yeah. and then they'll be like, "Oh, oh, what do we do with this? And how do we, how do we actually get the and, information?" And, and, and then the possibility that it is uncovered and treated as some sort of sacred text. Absolutely. Perhaps. I think we can hear it now, can we, Helen? Yes. Okay, so we're yes, going to think ourselves both onto the moon and into the okay. future. Are, are your eyes closed? Yes. Okay, minor two. Oh, they are staining Fettler. Og þegar steinin fellur frá toppi kaldbaks, brjótandi allt sem fyrir verður, með brakandi hávaða stjarnana, skilur eftir gróf sem verður að á, svo fiskur, svo matur, svo líkami, svo doiði, svo jörð, svo steinin sem fellur frá toppi kaldbaks. And is it possible to hear a sense of that in English for the Ruv English audience, so we get an idea of what might be uncovered on the moon. Yes, so it's, um, and when the stone falls from the summit of Kaltbakur, uh, breaking everything or like destroying everything on its path with the sound of a thousand stars will leave behind like a groove that will become a river that then will become a fish, then food, then body, then death, then earth, and then the stone that falls from the top of Kalpakur, the mountain. So it's a circular... Circle of life. And it, it echoes the start of life on Earth, I suppose, as well, doesn't it? Yeah. Yes. How moving. It's absolutely beautiful. Wow. Thank you. And thank you very yeah. much, Helen. Michelle, you touched on it a little bit at the start of the conversation, but tell me a bit more about the piece that you have submitted. It was already well, it, created. It, I, it was not that I submitted it. It was selected. selected. So it was a, a very different uh, uh, approach. And I really felt like I, I, I was surprised. I was surprised about this piece. It's an old piece. Since then, I've done another, what, 40 yeah, paintings, yeah, yeah. 50 paintings. So it's not uh, Magdalena's Feast. And it is this sort of uh, celestial uh, image of a of a woman in this giant uh, blue violet uh, baroque dress, and she's sort of floating in the air. And there's this uh, giant boar that is equal in size, and it's uh, it's a kind of allegory. It's hard to tell what's you know if they're actually if they're falling in space together. Perhaps that's it. Is that they're they're falling in space. And then there's this dagger. I don't know why the dagger came up, but you know that's what happens in a collaboration. Yes. So when Mike and I begin a piece, we actually uh, will will sort of talk about the elements, but we work very organically, and we don't actually plan the outcome entirely. And we'll say, okay, in this particular piece, it was a it's a self portrait. There's a mm. portrait of Mike as the boar. I am the, the, the floating image of this woman. And uh, yeah, we're, we're, having, we're having some kind of psychic battle. Yes, 
Okay. Now, Michelle, you're here with me in Borganes. Helen, you are in Flattery. And you two didn't know each other no, prior to this, no. to this collaboration, I suppose, or, to, or before this project, did you, Helen? No, no, we didn't know each other. It was just a complete coincidence that that we figured out that we were in this project together. And I, you know, it blew my mind. I was like, what? And but then this is exactly like you haven't you met said, in person, have you? This we is have the first time. friends too, right? Yes, we have friends in common, yeah. Yes, yes. So we were writing about our mutual friends. Is that right? You're, and and yes. but very good mutual friends. Very good mutual yeah, friends. Yeah, this, oh, this is so Icelandic. <laughs> yes, yes, yes. So Diego and Cleaner. And yes, exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. This is wonderful. <laughs> but um, for me, it was also very interesting what you said after that. You know, it is like who who else is there? Who else are we sharing this experience with? here in Iceland that we don't know. Um, and so you, and so no you still idea. don't know? You've not been told, no, obviously, who else no. in the country might be taking no, part in this? absolutely not. No, and I so. think each project is different as well. So, I mean, of course, I can go through the, you know, through the index of the, of the book and check who's there. Uh, but I think each of the individual projects are working separately. So they're not, correct me if I'm, I, I don't think I... You know, I don't think we are working with the with the artists that are I, sending painting. Absolutely. I've seen the visual arts categories and I've gone through that, but and also the music category, but I have not gone through the literary category. So it would be really great. So if anybody is listening here and is part of this project, it would be so good to yeah. know. Yes. Well, I was, I was <laughs> going to say, you, you want to get in touch and yes. you want to reach out and make contact with anyone yes. else from Iceland who's <laughs> part of this project. Yeah, exactly. Do either of you know when this artwork, when these artworks are going to go to the moon? Because a little bit on the technology, it is fascinating. These artworks will be inscribed on a disc of nickel nanofiche, which is designed to survive all sorts of harsh conditions. Audio and films will be stored on radiation-shielded memory cards. So all of this technology is going to be used to shrink these artworks down and to make them safe from lunar weather and, uh, and solar radiation and such like. Do either of you know when and how these there, artworks are going to be sent to the moon? There are four missions, and I do believe you're on the Pellegrin mission, Helen, and you will be going this year in 2023. Yes. If Apparently space is very hard, so anything could go wrong. <laughs> <laughs> so yours could be postponed. Mine was planned for 2023 as well, but I'm on the Griffin mission, and um, mine has been moved up to... 2024. So apparently Samuel has, he has payloads on all of these. So he has reserved space for his art archive. Yes. And um, and it's it's gotten a huge attention. I don't know if you've seen the articles in the Smithsonian and uh, the New York Times and the Guardian. It's been everywhere in the last year. So um, so it's really exciting. But um, you're on the Pellegrin mission, right, Helen? Yes. No, I, I really don't. <laughs> it's all right, because you, you won't be flying the shuttle yourself. Right, so you don't... <laughs> right, but there's something about knowing when it's... Yeah. It, there's an excitement of, like, Absolutely. watching watching the launch at that moment and well, saying, yeah. And will you both do that? If you can find out exactly when your respective launches are taking place, will you be watching the skies to see your, your poetry yes. head on? Absolutely. There is right. no guess. <laughs> I mean, it is a piece of... of of us going there, and for me it was very significant as well. You know, I was I was crying when I 
when I was accepted because um, when I was a kid, I wanted to be an astronaut or a writer. And then I didn't become an astronaut, you know, I became a writer. Uh, but to be able to send this piece to the moon is actually just like uh, fulfilling this childhood dream as well, you know? So it's just, so so I had this moment of of conversation with my inner child and being like, we, we made it, you know, we are going to do this in a way, which was really beautiful. Did you feel the same? Very cool. No, I never had, uh, I never had a dream of being an astronaut. <laughs> I always wanted to be an artist. <laughs> I knew my calling. Yes. But were you ever fascinated by space? Because it seems to me, I mean, I was, I was born in 1973, four years after we went to the moon, but I, it seems that we're less excited now by space as a society than we might have been in the 70s. I don't know. Oh, yeah. Yeah, perhaps. Perhaps. I, I, I'm thrilled about it, but I, I can't say I have that... Uh, 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 yeah, yeah. I, I, I'm absolutely thrilled. I, I'm totally thrilled about it, but I think I would have been... in The, the concept of space in itself, yes. um, it, it, it is something that is... Uh, it, it, it's just closer and closer in the last years. It's becoming more and more a part of our reality yes. with, yeah. um, you know, all of these. And, and as this is a time capsule, Helen, you first on this. What message would you send along with the poem? Obviously, it speaks for itself and it stands for itself. But what is your message to the future, I guess, that would accompany the artwork that you're sending? Wow, this is a this is a huge uh, question. Well, uh, I really tried to put a message within the poem it's, itself. You know, I was so I was giving the rock parts. So I, I needed to speak about rock. This is why I chose also this like the mountain. But I wanted to to speak about um, you know th th this is life. This is and I also wanted to to make it about Iceland. You know, this is uh, the tallest mountain in the west fields of Iceland. But for me, it was a way of saying it, it is as simple as this, but it is also as as huge as it as it sounds. So I made an, a, a sentence there about like you know with the sound of a thousand stars when, when the rock is falling. So it's it's just a very simple cycle of life, but it carries the universe within itself as well. So it's just more than 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 just a cycle. You know, just basically the cycle within the cycle right um but so that that's my main message within the within the poetry itself within the poem but as a personal message i just think um i, I will go back a little bit to being a, to wanted to be an astronaut as a kid um so when i wanted to be an astronaut i i really i really wanted it until i discovered that it was pure science and then I was like, oh, okay, well, this is not for me. Yeah. <laughs> um, but, and it felt like these two worlds were completely separated from each other, right? Um, but I guess what I would say is, look, we are all art. You know, after, after all, you know, we are, science is there and it's all science. But look, it's, it's also all art. And this is what this project is as well, you know, and like how the importance of art for humanity. So I guess that's what I, what I, what I, what I want to go, you know, to to the importance of art in humans and in history and in what we are. 
And for you, Michelle, your message then to the future, in addition to the artwork that's being sent? I am going to say ditto. <laughs> I cannot top that. You know, you've, you, you got to contemplate this in your poetry, and, it, and, and it's so beautifully um, told. And I, I, I just, I'm just enjoying hearing this. And I'm a visual artist. I don't... I don't describe things with words. I describe them with pictures. And this is always the thing that you get confronted with in the art world is, oh, well, tell us about your art. Now, I can tell you about the process of making something and what went through me at that time. But the art itself is supposed to speak yeah. for itself. Yeah. And once I have to do that then i then i have to become a writer as well you know it's uh, am i i i'm a painter <laughs> well helen we've we've heard your poem you've you've read it in in two languages for us so thank you for that michelle where can we see if indeed we can, online the piece of art that's going to the Ah, world. you can see it on my website, and you can also see it on the Lunar Codex website. So I would just go to the Lunar Codex and uh, yep. look up the we'll, art there. We'll put a link up to that, to, to both of those, in fact, on the page that accompanies this episode from Roof English. But we are still, of course, on the search for any other Icelandic Absolutely. artists or artists in Iceland who are part of this amazing project. Oh, yes. So. I'll put them in touch with you, I promise. That would be wonderful. Yes, that way we please. can have a we can have a gathering at the next launch. I know, right? <laughs> yes, exactly. Absolutely. You could all go to the moon together. <laughs> well, we, we will be with 30,000 others. We just need <laughs> to find them. I'm actually seeing, sorry, I'm, now I just opened the Lunar Codex. I'm just seeing, uh, I am in the in the Polaris collection, sorry, which is sent to be in November 2024. So there are three more collections to go Nova, Peregrine and Polaris and I think you said Helen that you're on the yes. Polaris mission. How exciting the Lunar Codex made up of four time capsules and we've heard about pieces of art, two pieces of art that will take up some space at least among those four time capsules and who knows, maybe this very episode from Roof English will itself be listened to at some point in the future and someone will make the connection with a piece of art that has ended up on the moon in the far future. Helen, Michelle, thank you both very much indeed. If you are listening to this in Iceland and you are an artist and you are part of this project, get in touch with me. We are english at ruv.is, english at ruv.is, and I promise I'll put you in touch with Helen and Michelle and the far future enjoyers if you will, of the art which is going to make it to the moon. Thank you both very much indeed. This is Roof English. I'm Darren Adam. As I say, the email address is english at ruv.is. You're listening to the Roof English podcast. To hear more and for all the news from Iceland in English, just head to ruv.is English.